now going to wrap our show up with um, the what is happening with black farmers. We uh, did a, a show a while back about the discrimination that has happened uh, against black farmers historically and about a $4 billion uh, federal debt relief program that should have started back in June pay farmers of color who are in need. Uh, but as of last month, nothing yet ha has yet to be distributed. So we'll find out from our guests if that has uh, changed. Overall, $5 billion was allocated for the Emergency Relief of Farmers of Color Act, $4 billion for debt uh, forgiveness on USDA loans and $1 billion for outreach programming and financial support for research education at historically black colleges and universities and also land grant universities. But the rollout of payments have been held up by lawsuits filed by white farmers who are claiming it is reverse discrimination. 13 lawsuits filed in 10 states, three nationwide injunctions claiming discrimination against white farmers. I mean, here we go again. You do something for black folks and all of a sudden it's gonna be discriminating against uh, white people. Well, we're gonna find out um, why uh, black farmers should indeed have more than earned uh, this level of support. I'd like to welcome our guest, Loretta uh, Pisciano, who is the executive uh, director of the Rural Coalition, which has served as a voice of African American, uh, American Indian, Asian American, Euro American, and Latino farmers, farm workers, and rural communities in the U.S. As indigenous and as well as indigenous and campesino groups in Mexico and beyond for 40 years, uh, Loretta, um, delighted to have you back. Thank you for joining us. Margaret, we're so glad to be here. Okay, Loretta. First of all, for our listeners who may be, uh, you know, of the ilk, well, is this truly discriminatory uh, to give office support for black farmers? Why? was this support needed? Tell us, you know, just paint a picture for us about historically what has happened to black farmers. Well, you know, what's happened over time with black farmers is um, there's been a long dedicated campaign. Um, remember it was, it was land that gave um, farmers and the African-American community some of the power it had in the civil rights community. I mean, in the civil rights struggle and land ownership and a lot of it is about somebody wants your land and so what had happened is oftentimes um, some of the black farmers went to USDA and requested the same sort of um, financial aid and loans that many other farmers got to buy land to purchase equipment and to do the things every farmer needs to do to farm. We should keep in mind that um, the the response black and indigenous farmers across the u.s they've been ca campaigning for urgently needed debt relief from the u.s department of agriculture and this is in response to centuries of systemic oppression and displacement and over the last century alone black landowners in the u.s south have lost over 12 million acres of farmland mostly from the 1950s onward and this is according uh to the 
Atlantic and Joe Brooks, the former president of the Emergency Land Fund, a group founded in 1972 to fight the problem of dispossession, estimated that about 6 million acres were lost by black farmers between 1950 and 1969. And Lorette is back. Lorette, let's see if this is this sound is a bit better. Okay, is this a little better? Oh, this is this is just fantastic. And just to update you, I just told our listeners about the loss of acreage, how much uh, acreage was lost to, to, to black farmers um, historically. So you carry on then with, with your point about the need for this, Lorette. Right, and shout out to our good friend Joe Brooks, who was a leader in tracking this issue. So, you know, a lot of it is about land. And what happens is many of um, the black farmers and all BIPOC farmers we work with, um, that's the main thing that you have that, that they're going to be able to participate in. There were all these other pandemic relief programs. If you were growing row crops and other kinds of things where extra benefits like, you know, $14 billion in trade adjustment assistance. And then there was a um, coronavirus food assistance program. You know, some of the farmers we worked with, they qualified, but they got like $400. And so no relief was reaching them. And so the senators, including Senator Warnock and Booker and the chairman of the House Ag Committee, worked very hard. And the Senate Ag Committee, um, you know, um, Senator Stabenow, worked very, very hard to try and figure out what can we do to keep these farmers in business as well. And what they realized is the main thing they could do is forgive their loans and clear their debt. So because they weren't getting other benefits, they weren't able to make their loan payments and were in danger of losing more land or in danger of not being able to, you know, have the kind of uh, farm that's going to support their family. And so that's why loans were looked at. And, you know, you could forgive loans for many other farmers. The problem was this was a budget bill. There were limited funds. So they basically said, let's have the BIPOC farmers be first in line this time. And that's where they said, you know, the, the, you know, Sid Miller, the Secretary of Agriculture in Texas, who we don't even think has the loan, said, I can't get into that program. It's discrimination. And so, you know, that's that's basically the basis of it. Yeah, and I mean, you have uh, black farmers in, in Mississippi who are, are complaining that uh, aid was paid um, to, for example, to white foreign workers who, by the way, were being abused in the immigration system. But meanwhile, black farmers were not uh, getting the support, not that they were against um, the, um, you know, others getting the support as well. So tell us now, what is the latest with this? Because this money should have been released and started being paid out, but at least as of last month, you know, it wasn't. Is there an update on that, what's happening with this money, and also any update on the lawsuits that have been filed? Well, you know, on the lawsuits, so basically what's happened is USDA has kind of worked um, to try and look at all the other cases. And the case in, in Fort Worth, Texas, the Miller case, um, they've kind of consolidated on that one. And it's very interesting because when we were working on, um, you know, all the discrimination lawsuits against USDA, it took over, over a year to get a class action lawsuit certified. This court in Texas got that certification in two weeks for two classes of white farmers. 
you know, one that couldn't get into the program and then anyone who's excluded from the definition of socially disadvantaged. So that is probably one of the weaker lawsuits. And USDA has tried to get stays in all the other cases and just cite the case in, um, in Texas. But it's not a winning situation because this is going to go to the Supreme Court. And what our real worry is, is none of these things are going to be handled soon. The, 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 um, the case in, you know, as you know, that's the case that was brought by the America First Foundation, which was formed by Stephen Miller and Mark Meadows. There's another case in Florida led by the Pacific Legal Foundation, and they're suing on behalf of one white farmer in Florida and they've gone to Texas and said, we don't want to be a part of these classes. We want to do our own case. Um, but the problem is, once it gets to the Supreme Court, there's no clarity that there's any way to get this resolved because the program says only BIPOC farmers. You know, every place else we use that definition, it was like, you know, it was part of a larger program just to say, you know, people of color farmers need to get some of the aid, just not all of it. So, um, what the problem is, is the farmers are now waiting and, you know, some right. of them didn't pay the loans and they're not getting guidance and they're at risk of, you know, losing their land and nobody's telling them what they can do. So we're trying to work on that issue. And then we're pushing very, very hard to make sure. Um, and I know there's work in Congress going on, but we haven't seen it yet. The final result to try and include some form of debt relief that would go to a wider group of farmers. 